Hello, hello, listeners to the Third Way Podcast. Um, a recent, well, a long passion and love of mine is agriculture. Growing growing up on a 60,000-acre ranch in eastern Oregon. Uh, grew up a cowboy. My little brother, Cameron, is a cowboy. Um, I actually had him on uh, recently. So you see him, if you haven't listened to the episode, we talk all about horsemanship and leadership. So um, there's this convergence of two worlds. One is entrepreneurism and the other is agriculture. And there's actually also kind of a third thing, which I think that growing your own food is kind of a subversive act. Um, Growing your own food and selling it to other people is even more of a subversive act. And this show and community is all about good, healthy subversion. So I have with me today, someone I have not met in person, but have followed for a while on Instagram um hannah gongola is the founder of h2 grow h2 grow is a regenerative farm in page texas that has custom gardens fresh produce rainbow eggs and happy cows welcome hannah thank you thank you for having me yeah we've um expanded on that list uh since i first put it in the h2 grow bio uh, i think it was like two years ago um so expanded changed morphed um yeah. like what do you have now that's not on there um, so I'm doing less, less so gardens. Um, and I would say that I replaced that with events, uh, and other kind of classes, um, and kind of private get togethers. Yeah. Cool. Just teaching people how to do what you yeah. know how to do. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And stuff that I don't even know how to do. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah, yeah. One of the other people I follow on Insta is urban farmer. I think she's yeah. also based in the Austin area. Yeah. I don't know if you guys are bitter rivalries or not. <laughs> no, not no, a lot definitely. of bitter rival. Not a lot of bitter rivalries in farming and ranching. So no, it's mostly how can I how can I lift you up? How can I help you? Right. Also, yeah. it's just like yeah. I know your struggle. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I'm just curious from a context standpoint. Did you grow up in agriculture? No, no, not at all. So tell not tell us all. a little bit about that. Um. So I grew up in in West Virginia, so dead center of the state in mm-hmm. Appalachia. Um, and I would, I called myself a townie, at least my family did. Cause we were like downtown is where our house was. Like, I think right. it sat on, on like an acre. So we had like a backyard and it was landscaped mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that. Um, but I did grow up loving food. Uh, I remember when I was in like middle school, I was like, I want to go into something with food. And then I just knew that I wanted to go into it. I didn't know exactly what field. Cause I was in middle school, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I got to college, I studied human nutrition. And so I have a bachelor of science in nutrition. And um, when I was in school, I applied for an internship on the organic farm. And I was the first non-ag student to apply to this internship. And they were like, are you sure this is for ag students? And I was like, why can't I do it? I want to learn some stuff. And so where was that at? Uh, that was in West Virginia. Okay. Um, so it was a, it was a three month internship. Um, first day I was running through tools. You use this like this, you use this like this, mm-hmm. you start this like a lawnmower. And I had to raise my hand and be like, I don't know how to run a lawnmower. Um, so that was like how, how new yeah. I was, how little I knew. Um, and so that's, that's where it all started. So three months there. Um, and then when I first moved to Texas, I was at the central Texas food bank doing their, crop production. So I was the garden intern. So another three months there. And so before I bought the farm, I had a total of six months of, that's amazing. <laughs> of, um, 
kind of ag work under my belt. Yeah. No animals, just just crop right. production. Um, and how so, old are you now, if I can ask? <clears throat> I'll be 26 next week, actually. That's so badass. Good for yeah. you. Um, you. And so is this your running H2 Grow, um, your full-time gig? Yes. The way you do? This is, that's great. So yeah. I will, you know, a decent number of my listeners are in Austin or in Texas. I'll link to your website and all that in the show notes and get you some traffic, hopefully. As Thanks. I mentioned before we hit record, we're going to come down to your 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 market uh, at some point when it's not hot as balls. So, you know. Yeah, it's so. pretty hot. I mean, for me, it's, I love it. I mean, I moved, <clears throat> I moved here for the, not just for the heat, but I mean, I love, I love a yeah. hot day. Yeah, I like, you know, I grew up in 40, first 43 years with four seasons and a lot of snow. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But I don't. So I don't miss snow, but this is the one time of year, kind of July, August, where I don't really like Austin because I like to go outside and mm-hmm. it's, it just can be brutal. But anyway, that's a different topic. Oh, yeah. So we're talking about today, we're talking about regenerative, regenerative <clears throat> farming. Um, also context for the audience. Many of you know this, but I grew up on a cattle ranch. We didn't do a lot of farming. We did a lot of haying. Um, we didn't do crops other than for hay. So we had oats and peas, alfalfa, and, and then regular regular um, meadow hay. Um, but my former partner and um, the mother of Logan and Caden, um, Lena, she grew up on a farm and comes from a long line of farmers. And so, um, you know, surrounded by agriculture for many years. Um, so that's the context here, too, because one of my promises is I don't ever talk about something I've never experienced. So. Um, it's a good so, yeah, uh, it, it took me a while because I used to be a real bullshitter. Now I'm just a part-time <laughs> bullshitter. So, oh. um, <laughs> so uh, we're going to start with a light question. <laughs> Not really. What is the, <laughs> what is the spiritual benefit of regenerative farming? Like, what do you get out of it for your soul? I get the ROI, but what's for, what's the spiritual benefit? I don't even know. Um, it's obviously spiritual is connected with with physical in a way um and and so beyond just being in kind of the elements all day every day and just like being absolutely as in touch with nature as you can be um i'm then eating the things from nature that i'm experiencing on a day-to-day basis so tending these these things, these, these babies, raising them from seeds or from actual babies, and then nourishing my body, nourishing other people's bodies. Um, that on top of the trials and tribulations that I have to go through to get to that point. So there's a lot of death on, on farms. Um, as, as you know, uh, raising cattle. Um, so I am, I I like to think I'm as in touch with food and with nature that a singular person can be. And so Mm. being that in touch, it puts me on a, on another level that I can't quite, I can't quite explain it. Um, But I have a, I have a deep connection, deep connection. Yeah. And I think that's a, you know, it's, it's uh, something's missing when we don't really understand what it takes to grow food, you know, that we think, you know, food is from the grocery store and it's, 
you know, that's where we buy most of it, but um, there's something missing that happens when you create this distance from food. And I also think it's a, it creates distance from death and it creates distance from poop. The work to get rid of cow shit, chicken shit, horse shit. Oh, yeah. That's that there's a, there's a spiritual metaphor to that of the, the um, excretions of life and having to work through that in order to, and, and learn how to regenerate the shit too. And, and yeah, that's the good stuff right there. That's the goal. That's That's the goal that reminds me years ago, or I, I owned my first brand company I owned co-owned was called blue line. And with, I had this prospect that um, we had this client that that developed this kind of new kind of odor eating chemical. It was like not all natural. It was, um, Mm -hmm. I can't, it's like highly absorbent absorb it um uh like rock i can't remember what it was called anyway start with a z anyway i took it out to a dairy farmer to to do a demo and he said why would i do that and i was like because of the smell and he says that smells like money and i thought that's so like what a great attitude that smells like money you know so i um um, go ahead uh my so my parents I'm I'm very lucky. My parents get the opportunity to visit pretty often. Um, but recently my dad was here and he asked me a question. And um I I loved when he asked me this question. He's like, why doesn't your cow's poop smell? Like it doesn't mm. smell bad. I don't shouldn't it smell bad? Like why he couldn't he couldn't understand. I was like, because they're just they're they're eating grass and then they're excreting yeah. it. It's going through a process in their stuff. I was like, yeah. they're not eating anything they shouldn't be eating. It shouldn't smell bad. Like to me, right. I, I mean, if you're if you're like me, you you kind of like the the smell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> I don't dislike it at all. I don't think it yeah. smells bad. I mean, if it smells bad, there's they ate something weird or right. there's something wrong with the cow. Yeah. yeah, and I think people equate to like, there's definitely a difference between how cow shit smells in a feedlot. And on a, oh, a you know, free range I, situation, yeah. you know, I, yeah. not all feedlot. I mean, my little brother is the cattle manager at a feedlot. Um, and so it's, but it's just a different, a different smell. So Absolutely. anyway, and none, nevertheless, uh, this idea of being the closer you are to the earth, the closer you are to like your own soul, you know, there's that, yeah. there's something about that. And even a small little thing, like having a little garden at home, like, you know, some plants that produce something, you know, peppers or tomatoes or something on the, oh, yeah. that, that carries its own kind of like sacredness when you do that. Not only that, but you then won't be able to transition back to the grocery store stuff. Like tomatoes right. actually taste and smell like tomatoes and like things just taste right. like they should. Right. Right. Because they're in season and they, yeah. they're grown they're in season. Right. Right. with love. That's right. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's yes to all that. Um, so, <laughs> you, you know, I, when I crafted the second question, I didn't know that you were so new to the this industry. Um, so yeah. this is a perfect question, actually, is someone hears this and they go and they maybe they check out your your business or they go to your website and like, Oh, I want to do this to our version of this. Where does a novice, I, I always think of, I mean, I'm, my, one of my favorite movies all time is Jeremiah Johnson with Robert Redford in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. It's a, a city guy who decides to go be a mountain man. 
And, you know, the learning, well, the, the lack of knowledge almost killed him. Um, it wasn't for the kindness of strangers, he would have been dead. But the, I think there's maybe not Same. as big a risks with farming, with regenerative farming, but it's definitely a, a radical choice. So where does someone start if they want to um, do something regenerative like this? Um, small, <clears throat> start small. I've, I mean, I've taught um, some, some gardening classes and, and when I was really hot and heavy, when I first started out in the, in the raised bed stuff, I would really try to teach the gardening because obviously I'm setting this thing up for you. I want you to succeed. I want you to grow your own food. Um, and, uh, so I love, I love teaching about, about gardening and where to start and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, start with plants and start small. Um, mm -hmm. I've done, I have some local clients, um, kind of in like the page area, um, that are very close proximity to me. And I do a lot, a lot of garden maintenance for larger properties of people who you, you can afford to, you know, hire out to, to do that. I can't personally hire out to, to do mm -hmm. any of my work. I do it all by myself, but <laughs> I am more than happy to, you know, help some other people, um, right. start small start mm -hmm. small. And once, once you have, you know, your, your hands, you know, fully, fully dirty and you're like, okay, I can, I can handle this then expand and get a little bit bigger, but, but definitely start small. I know we all dream big, right? but, but I small scale for sure. So, so what would be a, a, a crop plant, a harvest plant that would be easier than others to grow? Um, currently, yeah. currently I don't recommend planting anything. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you can do some squash. Year. Squash yeah. is pretty easy. Um, <clears throat> I, I like to tell people to start with some herbs, um, mm, start, start with herbs. Um, tomatoes are pretty easy. Um, squash is pretty easy. I mean, I say it's easy, um, mm -hmm. but they're, they're relatively easy to baby. Um, mm -hmm. so that's, that's where I like to direct people to start. Um, yeah. yeah, you can pretty much, once you have, once you have a handle on like one or two plants, they're more or less the same. They require, you know, different amounts of water, but generally they're all, they're, they're all the same. Yeah. And there's these interesting little, um, my, um, devices now that kind of help with the urban aspect of this, um, my partner Virginia got a, received as a gift a like a, a little plant grower with three pods, three little holes, and there's mm -hmm. this like light that goes over it. And she, growing with that, and we she grew some really good lettuce and some mm -hmm. parsley, and and it was interesting. You talk about starting small. That's what she started with, and now she's got like six plants, uh, six crop plants on the back patio. And then we're like this fall, I, and I was going to ask you this is. We want to do it like a, like a raised bed garden and grow, mm -hmm. go bigger now. Yeah. Is in, at least in Texas and Austin, do you do that? Is it okay to do that in the fall or do you, do we need to yeah. wait until springtime? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And you can, um, I mean, if you want to construct it now, which I know you, it's a, it might be a little hot. I don't, <laughs> you don't want to do, want it, to do now. it now. <laughs> don't hey, say man. that. <laughs> I'll do, I'll do it now. <laughs> um, you could, if you were up for it, um, you could construct it now and then you could, you could, um, plant now. I, I'm still intermittent kind of planting, um, 
but I mean, I'm, I'm used to that. Right. So, but for, for someone still starting out or, or experimenting with a raised bed, um, maybe wait till it gets a little cooler, but you, you'll have yeah. several, several months. So okay. you, you could try it. Um, cool. Yeah. And the other one that I've seen in urban environments, I think they call it a hydro garden. Like it's a vertical. Yeah. What are your thoughts on those things? I mean, no, it's not the yeah. same as having it's, land, but you know, if somebody like, has an apartment, yeah. what do you, you know, what do we, what, they I, be, what do, what do we do? I, I, I'm, I dislike, uh, I'm personally not a fan. Um, mm-hmm. I, I understand the need for, you know, <clears throat> apartment growing, if you, you know, don't have sun access, um, sun's, sun's going to be the, the main thing that's going to make or break, um, a plant grower. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not super pro, but if you can, you know, get some fresh herbs that way, um, yeah. and some greens, why not? Um, yeah. but I personally yeah. don't, that's don't okay. love them. I love, yeah. <laughs> I like the fact that you have an opinion about it. Um, I would, I would have a stronger opinion, but I don't want to, I don't want to offend. Oh, this whole, this whole <laughs> community is about offending people. So, um, if you'd like, go ahead. If not, that's okay. Too. Okay. <laughs> well then I'll, I'll go off a little bit. Um, they're, they're plastic, like, like ultimately you're using electricity, um, to, to like with some of the things they, they, they pump water through, they send you minerals to add to the water. There's so much plastic use Mm -hmm. there's there's some like electricity all you like water and sun like in in the ground in the soil you're not getting the nutrients you need it it drives me absolutely insane um (laughs) plants are supposed to be in the ground not in plastic containers nice and again why would someone be offended by that uh, I don't know because maybe they, they have one and they love it and they do a good well, job of okay. growing. <laughs> you know, I, I I think chilies is gross, but if you want to grow that, I don't care. Like, who cares? You know, like it doesn't. You do you, but I hear your point. And there's a lot of things like that. And this is yeah, the thing oh, about, so many. Yeah, there's a. This is the thing about growing up on a ranch and in agriculture is that there's a saying I have that nature kills pretense. It's like if you're an if you're an idiot, nature will kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't really give a shit about your political views or your religious views or anything right. and nature. And in general, like it's so farming in your case is it, there's no lying. There's no faking. No. There's no, like either you grew it or you didn't. And, and it, and, and then, then you add to that, then this kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of dumbing it down is yeah. as a, maybe, maybe, you know, as a starter, do something like that, but you have to, in order to get the spiritual benefit from it, I think you have to get as close to the way it was intended to be grown as possible. Yeah. Um, because the, in, there's, the indoor there's stuff are cute. The, yeah. the indoor yeah. things are cute. And like you grew some stuff and like, I, you know, that's great. And I, yeah. if that's your, if that's what like sends yeah. you into the whole, I want to be closer to food. Like that's cool. awesome. And I support that, but yeah. And I'm all like, again, even like, um, now, you know, solar energy or, you know, people, you know, Tesla cars that if everyone owned that, those things, it would be destructive. It's same with veganism. If everybody was a vegan, it would mm-hmm. destroy the planet, you know? So anyway, now we're really going to offend some people. Yeah, I really don't um, want to talk about that one. <laughs> I really don't want to talk about that one. Are we on the same side? Maybe. Are you? Are you? Um, are you? Are you, are you, are you are omnivorous? Do I eat plants and animals? Uh huh. 
Oh yeah. I mean, I, I raise, I raise animals for the intention of, you know, yeah, feeding people. Them. So we, I joke, one of my jokes about that growing up on a ranch is it's not, what are you eating? It's who are you eating? Oh yeah. <laughs> I am. Um, sometimes I'll, your... I'll be in conversation and I'll just, they'll be like, Oh, what happened? Or I'll be like this calf, you know, the dad, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, Oh, where's the dad? And I'm like, Oh, in the freezer. And then like, I get these looks and I'm just like, Oh, I forgot. Like I can't no, yeah. just, Keep, I can't yes, just can. uh, keep doing it. Keep doing it. <laughs> I mean, I'll never stop. It. It's the yeah. truth. And like, to me, yes. it's, you know, I have a conversation with my dad or like my farm friend versus like someone who's visiting, right. you know, from the city. And they're just like, and I'm like, yeah, his name was red. Like, or like whatever the cow's name was. I was like, you're eating. Oh, you're eating Mildred. Yep. Yes. Mildred. Um, yeah. So Carl or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that one gets funny. people. It does. So now it's funny these how these questions are coming out. But the the final question is: so uh, farming, regenerative farming is well. There's a lot more regulations than there used to be. Um, some good, some not good. Um, but if you were gonna pass some legislation that would support regenerative farming, what are a couple of what are a couple of things that you would get behind changing legislatively? Um, so actually, I after you sent me the questions and I kind of had time to look over them there. I'm so I'm I'm for the most part, like not political unless it applies like directly to me. If there's something right. like funny. about right. farming or about food. Like, I don't even know about it. And my dad sends me an email like in the morning from the Wall Street Journal. And he's like, oh, egg prices are like up or like the price of beef is like super up or like, it's going to be really hot. And I'm just like, I, I just don't, I'm <laughs> ignorance is bliss for me in, in that way. Um, but there is this, there's this one bill and I had to message my friend to make sure that I, I knew which one I was talking about. So I didn't sound like an idiot. Um, but there's this, there's this bill currently in the process, um, of, of being passed. It's some, somewhere doing something, uh, waiting for people to, to vote on it. Um, in Texas but or at the federal in, level? In Texas. Yes, okay. in Texas. Um, and it gives farmers access um, to basically be able to sell meat to the consumer a lot easier. So it's called custom mm -hmm. exemption. Um, I, I don't even want to look at the, the name of it, but um, yeah. that essentially you can sell the, mm -hmm. the live animal to the customer and then get it processed you know formally mm -hmm. processed so you're not doing it on farm um at, at a at a processing center um and then that part of the animal or the whole animal is already owned by the consumer and i, I don't know why i thought it was that was already legal probably because um i i, I do a lot of Good anyway <laughs> I, I do a lot of um maybe not necessarily legal meat things. Um, right. It's, you know, you know, I, I, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, like I said, but, farming and ranching is subversive. Is yeah. Really, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, my, my customers don't really care. They'd rather yeah. know where it's coming from, where yeah. it's being processed. They don't care if it's, you know, done in a, in a proper slaughterhouse necessarily. Right. They, they just care about where their, where their food's coming from, what they're eating and what they're feeding their children. Right. Um, so there's, um, I mean, there are, there's tons and tons of regulations um, with meat. I mean, 
yes, I, I agree there should be regulations for our health, right. but there are a lot. There are. A lot. And, and a lot of the, this is true with, I looked all this up too, but I knew it on the ranching side, but on the regenerative farming or farming side too, or small farms, a lot of the laws that are in place are there to protect the big corporate operations. Right. Um, you know, that, and in other you know, other interests that are out there, um, yeah, that's an interesting one about the about the meat. I think there's a lot of things like that. If we were to like, we could have a whole podcast about that. For me, it's more on the on the um, taxation side. Um, most people don't know this. I don't believe this law has changed or this this tax law has changed. That, and this is more on the ranching side of things. That is that farmers do not pay capital gains on their pro on their crops when that they change. So, that's not changed. The ranching side of things, if you sell your cattle, you pay capital gains because the cattle are considered to be an asset right? Uh, with a cost of goods, you know, with a cost of goods sold, which is some bullshit in my opinion, because um, it doesn't, I mean, I think capital gains is sort of an evil tax to begin with, but especially with ranchers and small family ranches that, that it, that de-incentivizes them to actually for production. Um, no, you know that, and it also makes it, and, and it's interesting too, is that the same people that are pro capital gains are like generally more like we got to take care of the, you know, like, like can be overly protective of the environment. Let's just say that the, th the thing is though, is that in order to pay the capital gains tax, you have to tax, you have to grow more cattle. And if right. you grow more cattle, you need more land, you're going to use more resources. Oh, it's um, yeah. It's yeah. It and then there's, there's so much with the, with the more cattle and the more land. And then it's like, like yeah. you have, so, so there needs to be like, I'm, I'm not obviously pro regulations and in most, most things, um, right. but something that should be looked at and, and potentially regulated is um, ag exemption and how much land you have. So when I first got the farm, I just had to refile the ag exemption and for me, it was, I basically needed like 7,000 pound units and that can be, you know, a multitude of different things, com combining mm -hmm. things, but the easiest way to do it is, is cattle. So one, you know, one cow weighs a thousand pounds and you have seven cows. Right. My farm, my property is too small right. to host seven cows, yes. way too small, especially the way that I prefer to raise my cows. Right. But if I, and, and if I don't necessarily, if I don't do that and they don't, they don't necessarily check up, but they could pop on the property at any time and be like, you're not doing this. Right. Um, then I, then I'm out my, my ag exemption, but I'm doing way more for yes. the, you know, the environment, the, the food part of it, than than hosting 7,000 pound units. And, and right. that's not, no one checks up on that. No one's like, Oh, you have this much land. You should have Right. Three cows or four cows, not seven. It's 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 yeah, so ridiculous. The They're measuring the, measuring the wrong thing. You the egg exemption, you beat me to it. That's another one I was gonna say is oh it's it driving me nuts. It, it, yeah, it discourages uh, small growers. Um and it's measuring the wrong thing. The other one too is less about legislation, and, and this is more for people that want to grow their own food. It's not about the business side of it, is the is homeowners associations are a pain in the um, ass. When it comes oh to my stuff. gosh. If you want to grow a garden or you want to have chickens or it's the goats, chickens from what you know, I've, it's like, it, yeah, it's like, why the fuck I, do you care? 
I feel, I feel so bad. People will come to the farm stand and be like, Oh, I'd love to get chickens from you, but my HOA. And I'm like, yeah, my HOA. Right. I'm like, can you like hide your chickens? Like they're like, well, our our neighbor would report us because they don't like it. Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. You have to buy eggs from the store or like, you know, you can come get your eggs from me, but yeah, but it's a little bit of a drive if you're, you know, but, uh, but the point remains like, there's some HOAs now you where you you can't you can only have like one fruit tree um, or a garden of a certain size. Yeah. What? And yeah. There so, was this there was this. Um, the and some government thing was asking everybody mm-hmm. to to log their gardens into this. Did you see that? No. Um, I want to say again, me being blissfully ignorant um but i my my farm friends were up in arms about it they wanted they wanted americans to to enter their their gardens and their sizes into a database um Hmm. so that they could you know obviously do what they will with with that information whoever Hmm. has that information and i was like that's absolutely insane the people who were the people who were building gardens are not going to put that information on a website Absolutely yeah. not. And I don't, I mean, I've heard of that in Canada. Canada's got all kinds of weird regulatory shit like that. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't required. Uh, it was just, it was just, yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, um, I, I'm curious about like, what is your you're kind of wrapping here? What is your vision for this? Where are you taking H to grow? What's like, you know, you're, you're young and you've got some traction. What's success look like? Like, 10 years from now. Oh man. Um, I, I would love to host events like weekly, weekly Mm -hmm. events. I'd love to hire someone or multiple people to, to help me. I'd like to increase production so I can, you know, people don't come to the farm stand. I'm like, Oh, three people showed up before you. I'm sold out of tomatoes. Like I'd love to actually be able to, when I first started, I wanted to be open less than a grocery store, more than a farmer's market. So Mm -hmm. I would love to be open Thursday through Sunday farm Mm. stand so that people can come. They don't have to just be here on Saturday mornings um, from 10 to one, but that's just my only timeframe. So I'd love to be a larger market, carry, you know, more local products, um, host bigger events, more events. Um, I'd love to have kids camps. Um, Hopefully that's coming next year. Um, And just kind of be be a place that people can stop and learn about food. They can get food. Um, they can, yeah, just, yeah. just a place where, you know, you can just come hang out if you want. Like, yeah. I don't know. That's um, cool. Just a place and, that people want to hang and. Right. Yeah. Be well, outside. I want to, yeah. I mean, we'll stay in touch as we move forward and, uh, but I want to support you whatever like in whatever way I can for now, that's this podcast and um, we'll link to your, your website and everything on the show notes. So, well, thanks for talking uh, food and shit and <laughs> I love both of those regulation things. with me. It was very, very fun. Very interesting as I thought it would be. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me. It was great. It was good. Good afternoon break. There you go. <laughs>